Hello, welcome to Business Unusual from Vodafone Business. I'm Claudia Winkleman. I am loving the people I get to meet on this amazing podcast, but I have to declare an interest in the type of business we're talking about today. Stationery is, if you like, my weakness. Some people like fast cars or a fancy hotel. I like a really decent notepad with nice thick paper. Today, I'm talking to the founder of Papier, a sustainable brand created in 2015, which is the home of beautiful greetings cards, customised notepads, planners and wedding invitations that are affordable, but all the while supporting new and really wonderful contemporary designers. Today, my guest is Taymor Atagechi. Where are you speaking to me from, Taymor? And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Claudia. I am currently at Maison Papier, which is our our HQ here in, uh, in, in Camden. I love it. So, in a world of emails uh, and e-cards, which are a disgrace, by the way, if anybody's listening, <laughs> um, how did you? How did people react? How did you? When did you decide? You know what I want? I just want a lovely and beautiful, solid notebook. I, th- I think anyone who's received, uh, as you say, an e-card and also received a physical card will just straight away know the difference and the difference is, is is huge in terms of the impact it has. And so I was always, you know, sure that that demand for some physical tactility would be there. And what's been fascinating to see is that demand has actually grown as digital has grown in parallel. So in, in effect, people want, are craving that physical tactility, that pen to paper, that handwritten note, um, you know, using a notebook as opposed to your notes on your phone is is gathering pace. Students are going back to using pen to paper, um, and I think it, I think it's actually linked to the proliferation of digital and uh, in general. I think maybe we're fed up. Sometimes we just want to put our phone down, and also there is something about if you, I don't know if this is too big a word about beauty and about having. You know, you design your perfect card or it's just a colour block notebook, but the colour mm. is perfect. Um, there's something lovely about that in your hand. How yeah. did the idea come to you and why was it important to you to found this company? So the, the idea was rooted, I guess, in, in a bit about me and what I wanted. I, I've always been into art and history. I studied history of art as a student. Uh, and I've always loved self-expression through paper and, you know, studied works on paper. And, you know, that's always been a huge passion of mine. And I was looking for a way in which I could build a brand that uh, actually could utilize some of that. And stationery is that. Stationery is art. And especially the stationery at Papier, we work with artists, we work with fashion designers, illustrators. And so, for me, Papier was not just building a brand that could serve paper people like myself, but it was also a way in which I could use and get back to what I was so passionate about in art and design. Absolutely. I love this quote from you. Stop talking about things and just do it. Um, is that your advice? Lots of people who listen to these podcasts are budding entrepreneurs or they've got a burning idea and they're like, is, is it for you? Just get on with it. Because we all have ideas. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, just do it is is obviously a very well-known statement, but it it really is the best way of describing how 
I think one should just go about it. And it's so easy to talk yourself out of something. It's even easier for your friends and family to talk yourself out of it. And I actually, I, I was kind of, in, I kind of kept it under embargo. I just said, no, I'm not going to tell anyone about this because it's going to be so, someone's going to say, oh, well, what about this? And don't you think the market's a bit, you know, not right for it? So I would say just do it. Um, and also don't worry about the idea if the, the actual idea is just a seed and it will grow and it might change into something completely different. What's important is you just get going and get and, and get on with it and don't let yourself or others talk you out of it. You have to be unusually stubborn and single minded, actually. Um, and some of the best entrepreneurs I know are, but at the same time can also take feedback as well. But this is a rare moment that you kind of have to be quite one eyed about stuff and just get on with it. That's so interesting to hear because so many people want, uh, I said, I suppose, support. You know, to arrive at a dinner or see a family member and say, "Guys, sit down. I've got something that's going to blow your mind." But instead, you're saying you've got this sort of little secret, this thing that you're going to do, and you have to hold it close to your chest. Absolutely, and it, I, I remember. I think the only point at which I actually started telling people was kind of very close to it being launched, and. I remember people just being really confused and some people mildly offended saying, why, why, why have you kept this a secret? And, and the real reason is, you know, I think there's an enormous amount of pressure anyway. And you put an enormous amount of pressure on yourself. And in a weird way, you know, I think having that kind of slightly closed, you know, you, of course you can let in certain people if, uh, into, into it. But, you know, going to a dinner party or drinks or whatever is, is the most notorious setting for this kind of thing where you go around a room and, and the inevitable question comes, what do you do? Which is my worst question. I hate when people ask, what do you do anyway? But, you know, and then you've got lawyer and then maybe bankers and then it gets to you and I'm setting up a business. And then that's when, you know, all of a sudden everyone, it becomes Dragon's Den and everyone starts oh, no. to understand, ask what, what it does and then start picking holes, you know. So I, I kind of think, you know, you, you, you can afford a bit of you know, secrecy around it. And it kind of, in a weird way, it kind of makes it more fun. Yes, like the early stages of pregnancy, which I don't <laughs> expect you to fully... Um, but, uh, Similar, yeah. Way, I know how to do... Like, you know, you're, you're doing something extraordinary, but you're just not shouting yeah. about it. You are five years in. At what point did you go, guys, we've smashed this, we've done it? And do you base that on the amount of orders when... 5,000 people are saying, I'd like this notebook, or how do, how do, how do you measure it? It's, it's interesting because it moves so quickly. You rarely get a chance to actually pause and then reflect and say, where, where have you got to? So there's, there's never a single moment. But actually, weirdly, the moments that I find, I you know, kind of think, gosh, this, is, this has got a lot bigger than I ever thought it was, is actually when you think about team. And we're, we're, we're now just over 85 people and there are those moments, be it, you know, Christmas parties or something where everyone gets together and you sit down and, you know, you toast and you celebrate. And those have always been the moments that I kind of have to do a double take and think, God, you know, th this started with a kind of random idea that I and all of a sudden there's these 85 people all building this amazing brand together. I think th those for me is, are, are those moments. But, yeah, of course, you know, when you when you get those big customer numbers and you know, we had our we had our one millionth customer um, only a few months ago. Again, you just get those weird, you know, kind of pinch yourself moments. Think a million, a million paper people have come into Papier's world, which is which is just amazing. 
I'm just interested because, <clears throat> as I said to you, I think before we started recording, I've been using your website since the beginning. Um, do you have lots of? Uh, and it was just interesting to me when you said our my our millionth customer because do you, do you have lots of repeat orders? Yeah, like ab- me. Yeah, absolutely. We 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 have. Um... We have kind of groups of people. We we have we have, we call them stationary addicts, which um, sounds like you are as I am. Who you know for whom stationary is not just pure utility, and actually you just want more and you crave more and you use them for different things. So you know over half of the business businesses orders come from repeat customers, people that are coming back um, and are regular stationary users. Um, so which is which is fantastic. It it really shows that there's there's brand loyalty and we can continue to provide something that people want from us. Absolutely. You are transatlantic. How different was it launching a company in the US compared to the UK? More different than we expected. I think that's the story of all of our international. Uh, the thing that is constant, the thing that is universal, and we think that's universal across the entire world. We've been looking at stationary uh, in Japan, which is obviously a famously big stationary company, is this love, this stationary love. So when you meet a paper person in the UK who loves stationery, walks into a stationery shop and gets that tingling feeling and just actually ends up buying 10 times as many things as they actually need, that paper person exists everywhere. Um, that's something that's universal. What's different are tastes, sizes, you know what size notebook you use in the UK is slightly different to what you use in the in the US. Um, there are those nuances. Same with wedding invitations, you know, small size differences, shapes of envelopes. There are all these little nuances which actually matter. Um, they are the difference between someone saying no, I'm not going to buy that or not. So, stationery and paper, the, the love people have for stationery and that magic of stationery is universal. But there are certainly a lot more little nuances that we didn't foresee at the beginning and we've slowly got to understand. Uh, what is, if this isn't too weird a question, uh, what is Papier's USP? What's your unique selling point? Yeah, I mean, we, we, tend, to, we tend to talk about three, um, but I'll, I'll list them in order of kind of what's the most important. The first is, is design. The way we approach design is entirely different to every other stationer. And that's both because we partner and we collaborate with up-and-coming and established fashion designers, illustrators, artists who are relevant and increasingly influencers as well and capture their aesthetic, but also because we have an in-house design team that are always looking at what the most recent trends are uh, and also shaping future trends based on what we're seeing in kind of artistic culture more broadly. Um, and the second is quality. Uh, we, we've always been really keen to make sure that you know if you're going to buy stationery it's got to be great quality and the people care about the tactility of paper and we use the best papers that are all sustainable but have that magical tactile feel we always use uncoated for anyone who's a paper person out there they'll know that uncoated matte finish of paper and then thirdly it's personalization we've we we've this is a tech business that enables the power of paper and stationery and so what we do is enable people to personalize every aspect of their, their notebook and their planner and their diary and everything. So those three things, design, quality and personalization, have always been the pillars of what makes us different. Yeah. And also anything with uh, initials or a name on. Yes. Just makes it better, right? Especially for Absolutely. a present. Absolutely. I've given them so- those, your beautiful, oh, 
half white and half sort of apricot books with yes. a child's name on, people jump up and down. Um, uh, let us talk about investment and investors. How much support did you need at the beginning? So I launched the business with investment. And that's not necessarily the only way to launch a business for other entrepreneurs out there. You don't need to go and necessarily raise money. But I, I did. I, I decided that I needed an amount of money to get the business up and running, to employ a few people, to get the website up. Um, and so I did need the support of investors, um, primarily kind of that belief in what we were building and obviously the capital to support that as well. Okay. And how difficult was it um, to get people to go, yeah, okay, I'm in, <laughs> without really something in your hand? I mean, you might have mocked up notebooks, but quite difficult telling somebody who's got who's attached to that iPhone. No, I promise you people are going to want to-do list notelets that are really beautiful and very, very pale sea green yeah. with their initials on the back. And they're like, what, what is this man talking about? Yeah, no, t totally. And, and you know, especially raising in, or getting investment for a, a category that A, is not very well known, but also an important part is also the vast majority of consumers in stationery are women about 90, 95% of Papier's customers. And unfortunately, the investor community is still primarily, it's changing and it's changing a lot for the better. It's still primarily male. So you not only have this kind of odd world, but you also have, you're basically pitching to someone who's not really your customer either. Um, and so it, was, it, it is remarkably difficult. I, I would say that in a weird way though, it's easier to raise before you've launched anything because what they're investing in at that point, an investor is an idea and the individuals, in this case, kind of me, the founder, and some of the original kind of initial team that, that are together, um, sometimes it can be harder to raise a few months after you've launched because at that point, they're looking at your numbers. So um, in short, sometimes it's, it's easier to invest on a hope and a dream than it is on a three-month-old business. More from my chat with Taymor in just a moment. First, I want to introduce a brilliant new initiative from Vodafone Business. In the last year, there's been a huge rise in the need for businesses to get online. Small and medium enterprises make up 99.9% .9 of the UK's business population. Founders and entrepreneurs have never had so many decisions to make when it comes to technology. Digital skills are more important than ever, but at least a third of small business owners in the UK said they aren't sure which tools will best suit their needs. Many haven't invested in any digital support. Some have only the most basic cybersecurity. That's why Vodafone have introduced Business.Connected, a free online training program to support 100,000 businesses across the UK. It offers free webinars, workshops and online training modules. There are different levels of upskilling to cater to those just starting their online journey, as well as businesses looking to build on existing experience. Find out more via Vodafone Business Online Knowledge and Resource Centre. VHub, where you can sign up to business.connected and connect your business to the free tools and training you need to digitally transform. Search Vodafone Business VHub. Of course, you were a co-founder of something before. Let's talk about the tab, uh, the business you founded. What inspired the tab? And for anybody who's going, what? What What was it? What is it? The, the, the tab uh, 
is effectively a student news publication modelled on tabloids. And, you know, I think it's it's something that obviously is a real Marmite topic um, as tabloids have been both notorious uh, for kind of the way they publicise. But the reason um, me and a couple of others did it, you know, we were we were at Cambridge University, at notorious, famously kind of highbrow, very uh, academic institution. Um, and what we what we sent so the only the only publication that was around was again quite a stiff and quite um, almost essay like publication and we we had a sense that potentially just because everyone was you know academic doesn't mean they wouldn't want something that was a little bit more entertaining and so we launched the tab which is which was effectively the, the university's first student tabloid and and this was just in the, on the cusp of when Facebook was coming out. So there, was, there were elements of, of that. And it, it went completely viral. Um, and I think that was the first experience I ever had of building a brand or something that suddenly everyone around you, you know, latches onto and is, and is talking about. Um, and that was the story behind it. It subsequently rolled out to pretty much every university in the country and also the US. Uh, and I think most students now still potentially um, go and check out the tab for their local student news. That's so brilliant. And you were so young. How important is it when you get involved in any of these things, whether it's paper or whether it's um, making student news slightly less like wading through treacle? Um, how important is it for you to do something that you love? I think it's critical. Um, I think the reason it's so important is because I just I kind of say it's, it's your downside risk. You, know, you are you are you're up against it setting up anything. The vast majority of businesses don't make it. Um, and so if you're not guaranteed to you know, succeed, make money, you might as well have a good time while you're doing it. Because at the end of the day, if you come out of a journey, however long it may be, and say, look, didn't go anywhere, didn't make any money, didn't, didn't succeed, but I had a brilliant time and I loved every minute of it. That is your, that's your downside rate. So that's why I think it's, it's so important to do it and, and to love what you're doing because that's what's going to keep you going. That's the fuel that will actually say, no, I'm, I'm going to go out this uh, day after day after day. Um, so I, I think it's really critical. I think it's so interesting. Because this is our second series of Business Unusual. And of every founder I speak to is passionate about what they're doing, whether it's making peanut butter, whether mm. it's transforming wheelchairs, whether it's starting a app for new mums. You know, mm. it, nobody's doing this just with pound signs in their eyes. That's That doesn't no. seem to be the impetus. No, I think um, I think you, you really... I, I mean, if, if your one and only objective is pound signs, I can definitely advise everyone that there are far, far easier ways of making money than building and setting up a business. So it certainly is not, um, it has, and, and I, I've not met a, a founder that has that as their primary motivation uh, in general. It's, it's an outcome if you're lucky. Exactly. Have you, talk to me how you feel about, because many people really love the idea of um, mentors I think they're really important, and and we have you know both internal mentors at Papier. We have a huge culture of personal and professional development, and uh, every every other week, everyone will uh, kind of speak to their manager and mentor about how they're doing and how they're progressing. That's something I've always been passionate about. I think for me, I have 
a number of mentors from all different parts of business and non-business as well. And a lot of them, a lot of it is quite informal. So I think one thing I would possibly advise is to say, well, it doesn't have to always be a formal relationship. You don't have to kind of go to someone and say, could you be my mentor? I think, you, you know, everyone, I mean, the way I say, you know, you're, 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 you're for me, you know, my mum my is a mentor, but I never had a conversation with her saying, will you be my mentor? But you, I think you can have these mentorship um, relationships with people all across the board and and not necessarily have that as a kind of very key formal thing. The key is to be open to development. I think that's the thing that I think, you know, once you something clicks inside you and you go, actually, I need to treat this like exercise or sport where I'm continuously assessing how I am progressing. I think that's a really liberating piece where all of a sudden everyone becomes a bit of a mentor because you suddenly become open to learning, which I think is so important, especially as a founder where everything is new. Um, You know, this is for me, at least the first time I'm doing a lot of this. Taymor, there is a misconception that it's not possible to run a sustainable paper business, but that's a myth, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is a myth. It's a it's a huge myth and one that we obviously you know are are very keen to bust. Um, and people think paper equals bad. And we're very used to seeing kind of notes at the bottom of an email saying you know please don't print this etc. And actually, if you are using which we do, and actually most you know, producers of paper and stationery in in Europe and the US are using sustainable. FSC certified papers, then you are actually contributing to growth of forestry in in Europe. And actually, you know, the forests that 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 produce a lot of the the pulp and the paper that that we use um, primarily in Eastern Europe, you know, they're growing at a rate of about two football pitches a week, um, and that is purely fueled by um, this industry. So it is a massive myth. Um, that this, you know, that the Amazon forest is being cut down. None of none, no paper comes from those regions. That's that's really where kind of garden furniture and etc. comes to play. When it comes to paper and especially papier, you know, we are contributing to growth in forestry across the planet. Okay, thank you. I am going to end uh, with some quick fire questions, if you don't mind. Okay, uh, I'll try. What three words would you use to describe papier? Chic. Paper addiction. Oh, I love it. And what three things couldn't uh, Papier survive without? Kindness, team and love. Aww. Uh Finally, what is next? Not for Papier, but I don't know, for you in 20 years, what do you want to have achieved? Do you think, oh, I'll be done with paper and I'll, I'll fancy doing something else? Yeah, in 20 years, I think I'll be on... Probably business three, maybe the first, maybe the third success. Who knows? Oh, well, huge, huge luck from us. And thank you so much for taking part. Thank you, Taymor. Thank you so much. Next time on Business Unusual from Vodafone Business, we're revisiting Little Moons with Vivian and Howard Wong. Thank you so much for joining us today for Business Unusual. We'd love you to rate and review the podcast. And while you're there, please do subscribe to hear more from the UK's most inspirational founders in this series from Vodafone Business. Goodbye.